Welcome to the Global Careers Podcast, sponsored by GW Cyber, the source for inspiring stories from seasoned professionals who've embraced a global role and reaped the benefits. We offer practical advice and insider tips across a broad swath of industries and fields around the world. You know, whether or not you've considered moving abroad or taking on an international role, globalization will impact your career. So join us for a lively discussion as we explore what an international career really means. My name is Stacey nevadomsky Burdan, and I'll be your host. In season two, we find ourselves in a fast-changing world, still affected by the pandemic, where we must adapt to succeed. Come with us as we share with you how to craft your place in the new global workspace. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Gail Lehman, Executive Vice President, General Counsel, and Corporate Secretary for Hexel Corporation, a global leader in advanced composites technology used in aerospace, defense, and industrial applications. Gail oversees the legal and trade compliance departments for this $1.6 billion company with global operations, including 19 manufacturing locations on six continents. Gail has also held positions in human resources in a number of public and private equity companies. Welcome, Gail. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Stacey. It's great to be here. Great. So let's get started. One of the objectives of this podcast is to provide a sense of the careers that are out there. You have had a diverse career with lots of significant global responsibilities. Tell us about it, what you do and your role today with Hexel. Sure. And as you said, Hexel is a truly global company. So about half our locations, operations, and sales are in the U.S. and half outside the U.S., including Europe, China, and Africa and then sales to a number of countries. My team is also geographically diverse with team members in a number of locations in the U.S. and Europe. I manage all the legal affairs, government affairs, and trade compliance for Hexel. The team manages so many different kinds of issues, customer and supplier contracts. We handle local regulations and requirements to keep our manufacturing operations going. And that's something that was very challenging during the pandemic. We coordinate legal matters for build-outs of new sites around the world. Currently, we're building an R&T center in Salt Lake City, Utah, and a new manufacturing location in Morocco. We are also a company that is growing, so we're always looking at acquiring new businesses or entering into partnerships. In one instance, I've been doing a lot of work recently involving our joint venture in China. I also have a team that handles intellectual property matters on a global basis, deciding where we need to protect our technology and support R&D. And then finally, we manage a lot of employee issues across all of our locations, whether that's union matters and almost all the workforce outside the U.S. is is typically union for global operations. And then we handle issues like employee complaints, terminations, training, et cetera. So it's a different experience almost every day, which yeah. is what makes my role really exciting. Yeah, that sounds fabulous. And and for um, so that's that's a that's a very big role and a lot an awful lot of responsibility around the world. So that's um, amazing. And you had a long journey to get there, obviously. And your teams that you work with are they all lawyers? Um, so for students kind of interested in the industry, trade compliance, is that this um that the training that they need? Um, no, I have a number of lawyers, and as I say, I have some lawyers that are particularly specialized in intellectual property because our technology is so important to Excel. I also have people that are really trade specialists, 
so they're not lawyers, but they have deep experience working with governments about importing and exporting products. And then on the legal side, we have other staff like paralegals uh, and administrative and contract support. So it's it's a variety of different kinds of roles. Great. So so for students interested in this very big and growing industry, um, not just um, Hexel itself, what are the greatest opportunities and challenges that you see besides the pandemic um, today as well as coming up? Yeah, and the pandemic was hard on our industry because about 70% of our business uh, pre-pandemic was commercial aerospace, primarily selling to Boeing and Airbus and their subs. For us in that in, you know, industry in general, we need travel to come back, especially international travel to be strong. So we're looking at that all the time. But while we manage that impact, we're still looking to drive growth. So we look for acquisition targets and building internal teams that can develop new products. All the while, while we have this re- sort of reduced staff due to the cost cutting that was needed in the last 18 months. So that's very challenging. And for me, it's about managing this global staff and getting everyone to pitch in, even in areas that they don't usually handle, you know, to get all this work done. But that also creates new opportunities for my team because they get to work in new areas and take on new challenges. In fact, it's one way I've been able to give people new international experiences because we need more folks on board and they can take over a contract for new products, for instance, in France or the UK and get experience working with different employees there as well. We're, play, we're, we're facing a lot of challenges, as I said, on the trade front. That's tough, exporting our products from either U, the U.S. or Europe, particularly into China for aircraft manufacturing. So that is a lot of work on the government relations side, too, spending time in Washington, trying to think how we can expand that business in China. And then on the IP side, we do have amazing technology that contributes to lightweighting aircraft and is a wonderful sustainability story, actually. So we have to focus on that technology and the advancements. And my team has to make sure our intellectual property is protected on a global basis. I think those are some of the major issues mm-hmm. right now. Well, sounds like some, some pretty big issues. And you mentioned, I, I hear adaptability coming through, which sounds like something that the, the team needs to be in. If you think specifically, if someone were trying to enter um, the field right now, a new hire, what would, you know, what do some of these things mean to them in their careers? Should they, should they continue pursuing it? Should they, you know, think about trade? What is it that they should think about? Well, listen, it, it is adaptability for us. We had to adapt so much what's happened in the past 18 months. We we needed to be nimble about getting on and learning how to do remote work and pitching in, as I said, to everybody's willing to do work, whether it's a contract or getting involved in an export license. So I think just broadening skills is always the main thing. How can you get the most experiences, whether you're doing an internship, speak up, ask to do more, certainly ask for international experience, I think. I can't tell you how many times looking at new general counsel jobs, one of the first questions they would ask me was, well, what's your international experience? Have you managed people international? Have Do, do you have customers, contracts that you've done? Because it really is a different world. The cultures are so different. The The requirements you have to understand. And so you have to go out, I think, and really look uh, as young folks for those opportunities and, and put yourself out there as wanting to get involved. 
That's great. Great. That's a good segue to specific skills. So if you were if you were talking to the career center, people who actually have not yet, maybe they've had some internships, maybe they haven't, and they're about to apply for some jobs out there, your industry or beyond, because you've 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 worked a lot and you've seen a lot of different things. What skills are critical for new hires today? Do you think? I think you have to be flexible. I mean, I, I you're gone are the days and they were probably long gone when you would work for one company and and could be satisfied and and plan to stay in one spot for a long time. I think you have to be very flexible and expect your career to go in different directions and just keep thinking about how you can broaden what you're doing. Again, whether you have if you want to do international work, um, you know, can you learn more about cultures, be a student of new cultures, because it really is, as I said, very different, just even managing a staff that has grown up and is living in a different culture, a different country. So look for ways to get yourself more comfortable um, with working in places outside of our country. And, and again, always, always step up to ask for those opportunities when you can. Great. So things like study abroad once it comes back. I, and, I would have. Yeah. Learning I wish another I language. Did. Yeah. Internships. Yeah. Right. Okay, great. So learning that cross-cultural bit, which which um, can be challenging, but there are definitely using, I think, internet and different cross-cultural tools can help students. That's that's great. Yeah. And you know what? Nowadays, it's even more easy, I think, to learn another language. And that's something, too, I wish I had continued with and pursued more forcefully when I was younger, because all of those things make somebody such a broader and richer candidate for a company like ours that's global and where they're looking at, well, what different things could we do? Could we send you overseas uh, to do either a project or another role? Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting all of that is is great. Good. Good advice. Good. Yeah, I'm a huge language advocate, so keep it up, everybody who's learning another language. Right. Um, right. Definitely during this during this time period, it's been, a, as you said, a little easier to do using some of the tools. So that's great mm-hmm. advice. So some of the workplace trends that have emerged, um, and you mentioned one of them, sustainability with some of your, um, your uh, products. Um, things have emerged. They've changed the way business works. Tell me about some of them. You know, pick pick one. Maybe it's a sustainability. Maybe it's DEI. Maybe it's remote work. What is it that you like to right. talk about and share? And how has it affected business today? Well, we do an awful lot here with sustainability and uh, diversity and inclusion. For us, really, is part of that. It's how do you build a company that is sustainable that's going to be around for the long term? And I can't tell you how much focus now is is on ESG. And sustainability, our investors want to hear about it. Our customers expect us to do more and more in that area, the investors, the employees. So everybody's excited and looking for more and more disclosure. And for us, again, we have a fantastic story. We Our composite materials substitute for metals. They lightweight aircraft. They reduce fuel consumption. We also do work on noise reduction in engines for aircraft. We make blades for wind turbines. So we have a lot that's going on. But I think in the past, there wasn't as much push to disclose that uh, and and figure out how you could use it really to attract and retain employees. People want to hear about all of this nowadays. So we put goals together. It's something exciting for my team to work on because it's not something they always get to, to do. You know, they're more working on contracts and mergers and acquisitions. But this is kind of fun. This is strategic 
for the company and learning how to write the goals and how to prepare for those goals to influence and to make customers happy about what we're doing. And it's, it's going to be a really important business advantage for us, I think, as we do, as we do more and more of this. Oh, sounds like a very exciting. So, so definitely as an attraction uh, for um, top, top, you know, talent. But what would, what does this mean to a, a person applying for a job to, to your company or others who have um, these kinds of goals? What is it that they need to do or show in order to uh, present themselves that they're aligned with this? Well, when you're going, I think, to interview with a company or looking at companies you want to work for, understand about their products and understand what their sustainability options are. How can they either help reduce emissions that they might have in their operations or a company like ours? What could be something that would be a story to tell a real business advantage? And as they learn that, as they show their interest in the companies as they show how strategic they want to be when they work there, they're not going to think about just putting their head down and finish their written work. They, they want to think about how they can contribute to the future. And I think there's so many opportunities. Again, with things like sustainability, we have people in areas of our business like our communications, drafting documents. We have compliance people that are looking in this area. We have sourcing people that have to go out and look for where we can more sustainably source our raw materials or change out raw materials for green options. So it's, it's a burgeoning area. It's, it's growing. And, and, and I, frankly, I think it's more exciting and fun to work in. Oh, it sounds so. And yeah, so, so what you're saying is don't just say, yes, um, diversity is important to me, but say, yeah, that's important to me, not just as, a, as checking the box, but because of what it means to the business, what it means that we can create, produce, develop, um, invent, what have you, and bringing that attitude kind of to the interview. Exactly. All right, great. That's Think wonderful. a little bit in advance about how you would say it's an opportunity for the company. Absolutely. Not just about me and my, my values. Right. Great, great advice. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I think, I think um, young people wonder about that aspect. It's not all about them. It is definitely about who's hiring them. <laughs> so right. uh, yeah, that makes me think about manufacturing, you know, global supply chain, manufacturing, you um, as a, as a, as a, as an entity, obviously involved in that, your job and spe specifically with respect to those 19 manufacturing sites around the world. Can you just talk a little bit about um, what what kind of um, roles, it, it doesn't have to be in your company, but just generally speaking, um, what kind of roles are involved for maybe business students or others who are interested in a big company when it comes to manufacturing? Manufacturing is an area that has so much going on. It's not just about the people that might be on the line creating the products, as important as they are. But there are people that have to manage that. There are people that have to look at the costs of manufacture and make sure they make sense, whether that's how the machinery is running or the output or the materials, again, that we're buying for that. So there are financial roles, there are roles in modeling and developing the right manufacturing processes. Um, you know, so there's so much really that, that goes into that beyond just the people that are manually creating products. And I, I think the operations are, are pretty interesting. I have never had more fun than when I go to plants and really watch our products being made 
because then I really have an understanding of why I'm working so hard at what I'm doing to get these things manufactured properly and out the door and satisfying customers. But there are so many roles, as I say, in, in, in the financial management of that, the management of the people that are working on the lines and, and you know, the sourcing of, of what's needed to get that done. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. It's a, it's a really interesting path to actually, and I, and I love the fact that, it, yeah, financing, productivity, there are all, HR, right? All elements, compliance, all kinds of things. Um, and quality to, too. Oh, definitely you quality. Know, which is more and more important. I, I think with the rise of sustainability again, people are looking at quality, how your attention to that and, and to man, make ensuring the quality of your products really contributes to what you're doing to make your company sustainable and, and long-term focused. Mm-hmm. Great. Wonderful. Well, thinking about that on a global scale and all of these issues that we've got, we know that, you know, global's everywhere. And whether students, yeah. uh, recent grads or not, think they want a global career, you've just described wonderfully how it doesn't matter whether you think you want a global career or not, it is going to touch you. It is most likely going to affect your career and you better be prepared for it. In fact, it affects all of us in our lives, um, as we've seen recently. Um, what specific advice? You gave some a little bit earlier, but specific advice, do you have for listeners as it relates to globalization as they're entering this workforce? Yes, learn a language, understand cross-cultural things, but do you have any specific tips? Well, I think one thing is to make sure people know what you want, that, you know, these opportunities aren't necessarily going to come to you without work on your part. So if you're in a company or a firm with global operations, make the connections and speak to people in those locations outside the U.S. perhaps, or who are doing projects uh, internationally, and find out if there's an option for you to work on a project or to maybe take an international assignment for a time. You you really have to go out there and promote yourself. And I have some young attorneys, for instance, that want to get to larger roles within Hexel. And we're looking for those kinds of opportunities for them. Can they go and offer to do a contract for a colleague that's in Europe, that's in involving Airbus, for instance, in France? You've, you've got to do a little extra work. You've got to push yourself out there a little bit out and make sure people know that it's what you want so that those things, those things aren't going to just come to you by magic. Mm-hmm. They come to you by you doing some work for it. Mm-hmm, definitely. Great. What would you, if you know, take yourself up maybe um, 30,000 feet, and if you're speaking to someone who says, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want an international career. I just want to work for this company. What would you mm-hmm. say to someone like that? Uh, not just your company, but generally speaking, entering the workforce, any industry. Well, as you said, it's almost unavoidable nowadays because companies like ours, while we're very committed to the U.S. manufacturing base, and we're one of the few companies even in our industry that's been building pretty significant manufacturing capability in the U.S. while we also do it overseas. Uh, But still, you've got to, most companies nowadays have to think about what they're doing internationally. For instance, in China, in trying to break into their commercial aircraft aircraft manufacturing, they want to know, are we going to support locations? Are we going to build jobs over there? So we've had to build global operations and build some manufacturing capability and some test lab capability in China just to prove that we're, I guess, worthy of having the business, you know, from customers over there. So I, companies can can hardly avoid becoming global. And, and I think if you're in any kind of larger company, 
you're going to face these kinds of issues. So good to be prepared for it. Good to be prepared. Read up, be informed, think about solutions outside the box besides just <clears throat> just uh, um, your own company and country. Great, great. Right. And every culture is different. Yeah. What advice do you wish you had been given um, at the beginning of your career? Why? And what lessons can you share with listeners? Well, I've alluded to it a bit. I think the importance of going out and letting people know what you want to do. But for me, I, it's all about building up your network. And I wish somebody had schooled me in this years ago. It's something that I constantly am driving home with my young attorneys, people that I mentor, and even my own children who are starting out in their career. Your network is all important. And it's the broader it is, whether it's people you connect with on LinkedIn or people you keep in touch with where you've done an internship or people you're meeting where you're employed, you have to nurture that network because that's where your future opportunities will come from. So what I, you know, I told my children, when you've done an internship, for instance, keep in touch with the people there, write emails to update them and tell them how you're doing. And when you're back in the area, ask if they want to go for a cup of coffee, find ways for your network to expand too, outside that environment you've got. So for example, join a nonprofit board or work on volunteering at a nonprofit. So not only do you feel good, about giving back, but the people you'll meet that might be from other companies or employers that enhances your network immeasurably. It's one of the things, the kind of contacts that will remember your interests if you've shared them. And then perhaps if an international assignment might come up uh, someday, they'll refer you or talk to you about it. Your network is your best asset. Mm, great advice, yeah. Which has been a little tricky for um, for lots of people, all of us actually, over the last 18 months or so. Um, but doing it through Zoom, following up through email, it doesn't always have to be in person, right? Sometimes it can it even be just, yeah, just connections. No, mm -hmm. not at all. Remind Ask people, and I've had so many people reach out uh, during this time and say, hey, haven't talked to you for a while. Can we get on Zoom for 15 minutes? It doesn't have to be a big connection. But you do have to nurture those connections. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great, great advice. Network and nurturing it. It's not just about the networking. It is about the nurturing. That's a really right. good distinction. Thanks for that, Gail. Um, as we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, you know, I say again, advocate for yourself. You don't want to appear arrogant, of course, but you are a salesperson in a sense for yourself. So I think you can't hesitate to let people know what you've done, what you've accomplished, and what you're passionate about. Because again, that's how people might remember and think about you when an amazing opportunity comes along. And if you've worked to support others and have a nurturing sort of two-way network, you will actually, I, I think, be, be surprised at the things that can come your way. That's great advice. Wonderful advice. Thank you so much. And especially for taking the time. I know that you are very busy and you have a lot of 24-7 uh, uh, responsibilities going on, which is uh, um, fascinating. And, and just to take the time with us today, we really appreciate it. Um, your advice has been truly inspiring, super helpful, and um, I really appreciate it. So thanks a lot, Gail. Thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Great. Take care. Bye. You have been listening to the GW Cyber Global Careers Podcast. Join us again next time, and in the meantime, go global!